Good morning from the newsroom of the Financial Times. Today is Friday, August 30th, and this is your FT News Briefing. U.S. companies are unlikely to leave China, ignoring last week's order from U.S. President Donald Trump. Argentina has had a cool reception from creditors to a request for more time to pay its more than $100 billion of debts. And with rebel conservative party members breathing down his neck, Boris Johnson is ramping up efforts to get a new Brexit deal done. Plus, the FT's James Politi walks us through the legacy Christine Lagarde leaves at the IMF and what it might tell us about her future at the European Central Bank. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. Last week, U.S. President Donald Trump ordered U.S. companies to look for alternatives to China. But it's unlikely those companies will listen. Craig Allen is the head of the U.S.-China Business Council. He told reporters on Thursday that, quote, the members of the council are in China for the long term, and that none of them are anticipating orders to leave. The president tweeted the order last Friday as the U.S. and China exchanged even greater tariff threats. Mr. Allen said the U.S.-China trade war was having a substantial impact on American companies with business in China. In its annual member survey, 49% reported lost sales, and 40% said that U.S. companies were viewed as unreliable. That's seven times more than last year. But there was some optimism about the trade war on Thursday, as U.S. stocks ended the day higher after China's Commerce Ministry spokesman told reporters, quote, the most important thing at the moment is to create necessary conditions for both sides to continue negotiations. Both the S&P 500 and the Dow Jones closed 1.3% higher on the day, while the Nasdaq Composite gained 1.5%. Investors flinched to hear that Argentina's president is asking creditors for more time to pay billions of dollars of debts. And big creditors gave the request a cool reception, even while accepting the country's immediate funding pressures would be alleviated by the move. The peso slid and bonds sold off on Thursday, as market analysts said the move by President Mauricio Macri pointed toward a ninth sovereign default by Argentina. This month, Mr. Macri suffered an unexpectedly heavy defeat in Argentina's primary election to challenger Alberto Fernandez. Argentina's economy has already seen rising unemployment, businesses throttled by high interest rates, and inflation that's accelerated past 50 percent. Argentina plans to delay $7 billion of payments on short-term local debt due this year, and it'll seek a voluntary reprofiling of $50 billion of longer-term debt. It's also looking to postpone the repayment of $44 billion that's already been dispersed by the IMF. That's from the record-breaking $57 billion bailout agreed on just last year. And UK Prime Minister Boris Johnson is expected to pick up the pace of talks in Brussels to secure a new Brexit deal. He's instructed his chief Brexit negotiator, David Frost, to meet with his EU counterparts twice a week throughout September. The hope is that they will figure out a revised Brexit deal ahead of a pivotal summit in the third week of October. This came after the prime minister provoked a constitutional uproar on Wednesday when he announced plans to shut down parliament for five weeks. The move limits the amount of time MPs have to craft legislation in order to stop Mr. Johnson. Mr. Corbyn said, quote, We will try to politically stop him on Tuesday. 
and hoped rebel Tory MPs would join other opposition parties to legislate against a no deal. And here's a closer look at a story you should know more about. Christine Lagarde has been the managing director of the International Monetary Fund for the past eight years. And now she's moving on. The FT's James Politi wrote about how Ms. Lagarde's time at the IMF might provide clues for the way she could perform in her next role as the president of the European Central Bank. So I've spoken to a wide range of current and former IMF officials for this story, and most give her high marks for her tenure at the IMF. In particular, she has had some very sort of a great success in restoring the reputation of the fund. But she also kind of expanded its remit into areas like climate change and gender and sort of gave a public profile of the fund as a less austere, less harsh organization that was more in tune of the sort of needs of ordinary people and the countries that were borrowing money from it. And so she gets high marks for that. And she was also a very high profile international economic diplomat, and she was very successful in forging close ties with everyone from Angela Merkel to Emmanuel Macron and even Donald Trump and the Chinese leadership and Vladimir Putin as well. There are some uh, sort of lingering concerns about her lack of maybe strong economic convictions and whether or not this could kind of complicate decision-making at the ECB. She does not have a PhD in economics. She's a lawyer by training. Some say that her astute political sense will help the ECB. Others say that you really need someone with greater technical expertise. So there are some uh, criticisms out there, but overall the verdict is generally positive. So this is her time at the IMF. How does this translate over to the ECB, which is a completely different organization? So Madame Lagarde, has, she has very intimate and close knowledge of the Eurozone's problems and uh, Eurozone politics. She was French finance minister before arriving at the fund, and she handled a lot of the crises during the Eurozone sovereign wealth uh, meltdown in 2011 and 2012. She knows the terrain very well. The big question is going to be if we're entering a slowdown in the Eurozone, what kind of tools and what kind of policies can she use to actually craft a response? And that's very difficult because rates are already negative. There are questions about the political support for further quantitative easing, and that's going to make for some I think, significant tussles with other members of the ECB, as well as as a tough political dynamic with the Germans in particular. So, James, does Ms. Lagarde leave big shoes to fill as she leaves the IMF and heads to the ECB? Uh, So at the moment, the leading candidate to replace Madame Lagarde is Kristalina Georgieva, who is currently the CEO of the World Bank. In many ways, Kristalina Georgieva's profile is actually quite similar to Madame Lagarde's in that uh, she has that same sort of commitment to multilateralism, that same energetic ability to drive and forge consensus. I think that where there are bound to be differences are that whereas um, Christine Lagarde had a more financial focus, given that she was French finance minister before, Christina Georgieva's expertise is more in the developing world and in development economics. So she might have actually an edge more in managing 
financial problems in um, developing economies, which might suit the situation quite well, given that the days of Eurozone bailouts at the moment, by the fund at least, seem to be behind us. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back next week for the latest business news. The FT News Briefing is produced by Amy Keene and me, Mark Filipino. Our editor is Amelia Mahasek. We also got help this week from Michael Bruning. And we'd like to take a moment to thank our intern, Eileen Rodriguez, whose last day is today. Eileen has worked hard all summer, and we wish her good luck. Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. From a local business to a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum.